When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the first edition of Not the Royal Wedding, an antidote to all the servile forelock tugging royal guff you'll unfortunately hear, see and read before road closures and traffic chaos disrupt the Berkshire market town of Windsor on 19th of May this year. Each week there'll be a special guest to discuss the monarchy and potential of a great British republic, plus a quickfire ten questions and royal fact you don't often hear. And who better to kick off the podcast series than the brilliant, irrepressible, effervescent Dennis Skinner, the one and only Beast of Bolsover. Dennis, have you always been a Republican? Yeah, I I remember that when I was about four or five, it obviously coincided with the uh, Wallace Simpson saga. And uh, I had some kids arguing on the street and they were saying... Well, they are different. They've got blue blood. I said, what do you mean they've got blue blood? He said, they've got blue blood in their veins. And I thought, here am I, I'm about four or five. And these people actually believed, having listened to it on the radio, that the royal family had got blue blood and apparently Wallace Simpson hadn't got any. I mean, it was a little, it was laughable, and I remember arguing. It was my first real political discussion on the street uh, where I was born, and these kids were just parrot fashion, uh, repeating what the parents had said in the house about the blue blood in the veins, and I thought, you know, I've come from a different household altogether. And I'm arguing the toss. And it's only in recent years that that every time I think about that memory, it must have been associated with the possibility of Wallace Simpson and the argument about who was going to be next in line. And it had got that far that kids on our street were actually believing that it got blue blood in the vine. The the royals... (sighs) rely on deference and acceptance and mystique around them which, oh, yeah. are, which is summed up in that absolutely but you see the problem is that at present day since television came on the scene is that the royal family have had a big dilemma and they try to be regal and common at the same time that's why if you remember they took part in those daft games on television uh, they got involved in that and the, the truth is, you can't be both. And that's why, in a way, this new development of uh, Meghan Markle is part of that same theme, that they want to present themselves as regal and common at the same time. So, in a way, she's a bit of a catch for them. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they develop it. Because, on the other hand... You've got the kind of regal, stiff, 
Prince Charles talking to his plants in the garden and talking about conservation and all these other things. Uh, so they do try to play all ends against the middle. And that's one of the problems about the present royalty. They want the cake and eat it. And you came from a household that didn't. Uh, your, your dad was a miner like you were yeah. for 22 years. He'd been blacklisted in the general strike. He yeah. must have had an anti-authoritarian streak because yeah. it was rare back then to challenge... Oh, the, yeah, the I mean, obviously, my argument at four or five years of age that, that day regarding blue blood, my views had almost certainly emanated from the fact that there is a different discussion taking place in our house when yeah. they'd listen to the radio. And, and you, as somebody, you know, you've been an MP since 1970, uh, Dennis, that is 48 years, you're renowned for your free speaking, not bending the knee, challenging unfairness, inequality, authority, the establishment. Does it pain you at all? No, that the, really. That the monarchy still seems to have some, no, some hold over people. I actually came up against the decision regarding the monarchy long before I became a member of parliament. It was, without doubt, an accident by the big shots around the royal family because I'd been elected as chairman of the uh, local dis or, uh, urban district authorities in Derbyshire, and they must have thought that I was sort of one of them to get that far. And I was only about uh, probably in my late 20s or whatever. And, uh, and I, got this <laughs> I got this invite to a, to a garden party at Buckingham Palace. And I thought, they made a mistake, obviously. But on reflection, I think it was about me being chair of the Evan District Authorities and the deputy uh, or lieutenant or whatever who had given the advice, had obviously got it wrong. And so they sent this big beige envelope with a lot of things in, and I had a glance at them all, and one of them was, without doubt, uh, a pass to put in the car. Well, I hadn't got a car. I, well, I hadn't got a telephone, I hadn't got a bank account, even then. And... Uh, so the idea that somehow or other I could comply with this, so I'm laughing at it and I'm thinking, yeah, and I can park my car on the mall or wherever it was and they were describing what to do with the car pass and everything else and that would ensure that I'd be able to leave my car near the palace and go to the garden party, which I had no intention of doing. And so after I'd read what was in him, I chucked him in the dustbin. And... Uh, I happened to tell an official of the Clayquist uh, Urban District Council about this amusing thing, and I said, you'd never believe it, I said, but I actually got an invite to the Royal Garden Party. And uh, I, I was in the process of telling the official all about what was in it. I said, there were even a thing to put a, your car pass in the car. I said it was like a kind of a diagonal cross. I think it was either yellow on blue or blue on yellow. And uh, he said, can you get that? <laughs> <And> <laughs> he didn't seem interested in anything else. 
And I said, yeah, but I've thrown it in dustbin. He says, we've not emptied wheat crop clothes yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, he said he only wanted the car pass, and I gave it him, and it was many years later. I'd become a member of parliament, and I remember the same man pulling up. Uh, it was aging then, uh, outside our, our house in Claycross, and... Uh, I say, you're all right, Joe, because I'd heard that he'd had a stroke. And he said, yeah, I'm not bad now. He said, I, they allow me to drive the car. And I said, uh, by the way, did you ever use that pass? <laughs> and he, he opened the glove compartment. He said, it's here, ready for, <laughs> ready for the next one. And so it was pretty clear he was using it for Royal Ascot. He was a racing man. And my guess is that that, that uh, diagonal cross was getting him, <laughs> getting him into the royal area, without a doubt, and he'd used it every time. So that was my first contribution uh, uh, to uh, the saga of the palace, because when you become an MP, uh, I suppose for some people they think it's like a benefit. And of course, for me, it's about a political principle. I'm a Democrat. I believe in democracy. I don't accept the notion that, uh, that we need a royal family at all. And as a matter of fact, I don't buy the idea either that somehow or other the Queen or the monarch doesn't interfere in politics. And I can tell you why. Because before I was elected, uh, uh, after I was elected, in uh, there was a, a snap election called by Terry, us versus the miners in 1974. And uh, the net result was that the people decided to chuck him out. He actually played his cards wrong. And the people had sympathy with the miners. And the net result was that Labour finished up as the biggest party. The Queen sent for Teddy. He'd lost. All the papers indicated that he'd lost. And yet, the royal family that's not supposed to interfere called upon Ted Heath, the loser in the election, to form a government. And had Jeremy Thorpe, the Liberal leader, been able to convince that small group of people in the, Lib De in the Liberal Party at that time, he would ha have got the job. The losing Prime Minister would have got the job of being the Prime Minister again. It was only because Jeremy Thorpe reported back to the Liberal group of MPs, they were only small in number, and a majority said no. We're not participating in the coalition with Ted Heath. And so he had to go back and tell the Queen that her first idea wasn't going to work. And it was only then that she called upon Harold Wilson to form a government. The presentation of the monarchy is a figure above party politics, somebody who represents the nation, unveils plaques to themselves and cheers up the victims of disasters and so on. That was a classic example of the opposite. And all the textbooks, even today, 
will tell you that they don't meddle in the selection at all. But 1974 was different. Do you think it's possible to get radical change in Britain with a monarchy there, or do you see them as a block uh, legitimising unearned power and wealth? I, I think it's possible to, uh, to actually get a good left-wing government in, and we might get one next time. In fact, we've got a fair chance of getting one. And uh, the net result will be one that is, um, well, I hope it's like the 1945 government. Because the 1945 government, albeit they went to anti-royalty or anything like that, but there's no doubt that they, whilst the war was on, the Labour the opposition were beginning the process of drawing up plans for the future. And a lot of them uh, were the best that we've ever had from any government. They started a welfare state, they built a health service, they introduced pensions, old age pensions, that never existed before. Everybody had to live on the parish. We introduced free education, or they introduced free education from the cradle to the grave. I mean, they built council houses, and people said, what's going to happen to those 70-odd thousand people that's coming out of the army and the Air Force and whatever? How can we cope with that? There'll be mass unemployment. And after the end of the first five years of the Labour government, unemployment was down to 2.2%, 440,000. Not a million, 440,000. And the Labour government, at least very radical Labour government, Nye Bevan and so on, did that, George VI, as a monarch. Yeah. So Could having Elizabeth II or Charles III, no block? No. They knew. Well, I mean, it was a quite a remarkable victory anyway, the fact that Labour did win then, because uh, uh, Churchill had a tremendous amount of uh, publicity. Uh, he used to be on... If you went to the cinema, you'd see him in the in the in the suit. Uh, you'd see him with the B sign. You'd see him with the big cigar and all the rest. And yet, Attlee was hardly ever mentioned. I remember saying to my father, I said, "This Churchill has got a big advantage in this election, Dad." And he said, "Yeah, but he's got some good people round him." <laughs> That's what my dad made this political statement, the first one I ever made, really. And yet, he was right. And currently, are they, are they there, though, the, the royals, just to cheer us up now and again and symbolise and unite the nation as we're no, told? No, I mean, or? I don't think they cheer anybody up. I mean, just, just remember, recently, they suddenly find that they need to do a mass repair job on Buckingham Palace. £369 million. £369 million quid. And in the next breath, saying that the public have got to pay for it. I mean, it's outrageous that they can actually think about doing that. They said, well, they all belong to the, to the public. I mean, with all the money and everything else, they should be paying for it themselves. But there's still, I have to say, a majority of the people that will go along with these ideas rather than have a clash. 
Although, after the death of uh, Diana Spencer... It was very close. I think in my lifetime there has been that one occasion when without doubt the, I remember going into St James's Park, Parliament wasn't in session, uh, Tony Blair had made a statement about the Queen of Hearts or all, and all that stuff, and there are these women, masses of them in St. James's Park, laying reeds and so on all over the place. And one of them stopped me in a twin set and pearls and said, you tell that Mr. Blair that it is done a good job because I think the royal family have gone too far. And I mean, it was all about the fact that she wasn't that she wasn't going to get a royal funeral. I mean, that's, that was the argument at the time. Uh, but they were, on that day in particular, and in for several weeks, there was a mood against, I think they played the wrong cards. And it's so easy and it's very fragile, that idea that somehow or other that they can be supreme uh, in those two or three days, the situation had ch changed dramatically with the result that people that normally you would have expected uh, to be cheering them on suddenly realised they'd carried their dish too far. That was undoubtedly a dangerous period for the monarchy, but they seemed recovered. And their tentacles are everywhere. Look, yeah, but you've got to remember most of the press make sure, made sure that they were able to recover. No, unquestionably, I'm often uh, I feel a lone voice on the Daily Mirror, my own paper. But uh, but their tentacles are everywhere. We're in we're in Parliament here. We're in a, a cavernous room in Parliament. Yeah. It's a palace, yeah. palace of Westminster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you take your oath to come here, it all it talks. If you affirm, because you, you don't take the religious one, it is uh, I do solemnly, sincerely, and truly declare and affirm that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, her heirs and successors, according to law. Yeah. I mean, you come here to represent the people yeah, of yeah. bowls uh, over. Yeah, I managed to avoid uh, actually laying it thick on the line. <laughs> I'm not going to disclose what I do. A bit of, bit of mumbling, muttering? There's a bit of that, and there's also... Uh, I make sure that the principal part gets out loud and clear. And how, you know, you're a Republican, you're a socialist, uh, how big an issue is the monarchy, the royals, in your, in your politics? Or are there other battles that you I see do as... meetings, uh, I would say, at least once a month in some part of Britain. The last one I did was at Kingston uh, a few weeks ago. I don't think, in the questions that I've had from all parts of Britain, and I've, I've been in all the in all the corners of of England and Wales and Scotland and so on, I never seem to get one about the royal family. They're more interested in in uh, wages policy. They're more interested in Labour Party policy. Uh, they're more interested in how can we get back into power. 
they want to be inspired through uh, their ideas of socialism and so on. And I can tell that, that the crowd that I see invariably don't want to mention it at all. They don't seem interested. I've heard you before, uh, Dennis, describe the issue of the monarchy as uh, little monsters, you know, bigger priorities, as you've just outlined. Yeah. But the royal uh, lobby just pushes hard, and it will around yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this wedding. Do you think that's why they have the upper hand and republicanism uh, is a long way off, if yeah. ever? Uh, there's no doubt at all that they realise, and the establishment... Uh, which includes the royal family, have realised from day one when Harry met Meghan that uh, this was an opportunity. Uh, that's why you see a little bit of frisson between the other two. Uh, they don't report it. What, uh, Kate Middleton yes. and uh, William Yes, Windsor. because they were the stars at the moment and they've been replaced. So there must be quite a big discussion taking place behind cooked hands at the palace about this event. I'd like to be a fly on the wall. All right, now, Dennis, I'm going to ask you ten quick-fire questions. I'm going to ask all the guests and all yeah. the weeks the same question. questions. Question one, have you ever met a royal? Uh, well, I, I often think that... I obviously didn't meet him, but I have an idea that I once saw Prince Edward, I know he's not important, but it seemed as if it was him, based on the photos and everything else, walking down Buckingham Gate. Uh, so I ain't sure. That's the, I, that's the only one uh, where I think I actually... And well, it was on the other side of the street. Uh, so, no, I've never been to the palace. I've never wanted to. And uh, I remember that on one occasion that uh, I was asked that uh, the P Prince Charles wanted to see me many, many years ago when I was relatively new. And, uh, and I, I said, well, what does he want to see me for? And they said, uh, he said, he wants to talk to you. I said, why? Has he got fed up of talking to the plants? Because that was the big thing at the time. Apparently, you can talk to Prince Charles had been talking to the plants and making them grow, and uh, that was the end of the discussion. And this uh, this Tory intermediary said, "Oh, there's no point in discussing it any further." And that was the end of that. If you bumped into the Queen, what would you say to her? Can't see it happening, but. Uh, I'd be thinking, how quickly can I get to the other side of the street? Have you ever sang God Save the Queen? No, it, as a matter of fact, it was almost compulsory singing uh, in the film, in the cinemas, for many, many years, that they'd always end uh, that double bill with God Save the Queen and... I noticed that a lot of people started leaving and shuffling in the seats uh, as they were coming towards the end. Uh, so in the middle of the credits and so on, they were walking out. And that was apparent by... A, it was apparent... A lot of people uh, just got out as quickly as they possibly could. 
And I believe that's one of the reasons why they abandoned it several years ago. Buckingham Palace, should we turn it into flats or a hotel? Well, I mean, it's, I would say that it would, they'd never turn it into flats on the basis that, you know, somebody from Rough and Ready, or even somebody from Grenfell could have a, have a place. No, I don't think they'd want that. I think I think it I think they'd sell it to one of their friends in the hotel world, yeah. You're hungry and there's only two choices. Although according to all the information about to who pays for what and all the repairs to the palace and the calling upon the British people to pay three hundred and sixty nine million quid, I mean there is an argument to be had that it should be affordable housing. You're hungry. Only two choices. Swan sandwich or a Dutchie original. The swan? Sandwich. Or what's, a Dutchie what, what's original. The, what's the swan sandwich? S sandwich with swan in it. Royal bird. Yeah. But uh, uh, what's a Dutchie original? It's one of uh, Prince Charles's... Uh, Is it? Sort of, I think it's a wafer, isn't it? A biscuit. Not that yeah. one. You can get them in weight rolls. I don't think that's what you shop. Yeah. <laughs> Now I go to Morrison's, Tesco and whatnot. But the uh, no, I mean I, I I think I'd be fair in saying that I'm, according to my diet sheet that I got after my heart operation, I should say neither of them are on the list. What's the best thing that can be said about Prince Charles? It's difficult to, to find something. Uh, there's no doubt that when I test people going round and uh, they visit from different parts of Britain and I take them round and I show them the place where the Queen sits and this and that and the other, and a lot of them say, I said, when the Queen goes, then obviously Charles will be there. But not Camilla. I mean, it just comes out automatically. So uh, he's not got that many things going for him, really. I think that's why, in effect, uh, they're trying to cultivate the idea to the public that they've got to forget the next move. It's the one after that matters. I think that's the game they're trying to play. Group of Tory MPs clamour for a new royal yacht. What would you like to see built instead? Well, it'd have to be something that's uh, that would appeal to the to the people that are deprived communities up and down Britain. Houses, hospitals, schools. I should say. I should say a hospital. But I'll call it the. Uh the Royal Hospital. <laughs> no, we've got one of those at Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah, one's enough. Uh, how good a catch is Meghan Markle for a fusty institution? Oh, it's, I mean, it's uh, heaven sent, really. Uh, because she has got all the characteristics of somebody that could, 
on one sunny day stick up two fingers to the royal family and yet since uh, love and admiration is, comes in different shapes and sizes she couldn't resist the man with the red hair. Dennis, what will you do on 19th of May this year? Another working day as an MP? Yes, without a doubt. And who would you like to see as the first president of a new great British republic? The first president. Elected. Elected president, head of state. Well, it'll not come very soon, so the idea that we used to have when uh, Betty Boothroyd was in the chair, that we always used to say at that time that she, yeah. that she would uh, she would be very good as a, the first president and so on, because uh, she seemed to, indi uh, to press all the right buttons. Uh, so it, 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 it all depends about who's... Uh, top of the poll at that given time, really. For it was, certainly would have been her at the time that when she was speaking, because she did make a name for herself, and lots of people used to be able to say, say immediately, well, she, she'd fit the bill. Happens in a couple of months. Uh, would you mind your own name going forward? No, no, no. no not in a month or something. Dennis Skinner? Thank you very much. It's been right. wonderful uh, uh, talking to you. Our Not the Royal Wedding fact of the week is, according to the campaign group Republic, there are 18 so-called working royals costing us 18.5 million each on mm. average. They include Princess Alexandra and the Duchess of Kent. Uh, could you recognise them? No, me neither. Well, in the Republic, the real cost of the royal family is £334 million a year, including security and unpaid taxes, not the 56p ahead that is commonly quoted yeah. and put back around by monarchists. You could have 15,000 new nurses or police officers for the cost of the royals. I think I know which I'd prefer, and I suspect you too. Thank you for listening to this first uh, edition of Not the Royal Wedding. I'd love to hear your feedback, and I'll include as much as I can next week. Just email kevin.mcguire at mirror.co.uk. Thank you to Dennis Skinner, and thank you to you for listening. Uh, thanks, Kev.